G'day listeners and welcome back to another episode of the Keeper League podcast. We're the AFL fantasy podcast that doesn't talk about the superstars. We only talk about the lesser knowns and the players who are going to bring value to your draft and Keeper League teams. My name's Hef and this week I am joined by a former co-host and current host of the Pod Pod. Welcome to the show, Dossie. How are you, mate? Very well, thank you, Hef. Thanks for having me back on. Always, after, it's been a while. Always a pleasure, mate. Yeah, it has been a while. You've been a busy man, though. It's hard to uh, synchronise our schedules, given that we both record our podcast on the same night. Pulling a late Correct. shift tonight, but it's uh, it's going to be a good one just to get you on. Can't wait, mate. And I've been having a pretty solid year in my keeper league, so keen to keen to hear what we've got in store for us tonight. Now, we quite often have checkers on uh, who's in your keeper league. He calls your team the Gold Coast Suns of the league. I don't know what it actually means by that. Does that mean you beat like, you know, the three premiership team Richmond or what's the, what's the go? Yeah. Was that after this week? I wonder because I'm absolutely carving <laughs> up as always. Uh, third on the ladder, four and one in my last five. So um, yeah, killing it so far. I think I've got the, yeah, just edged out for, for most points scored. I'm second on that. So Mate, I'm having a ripping year. Where's where's checkers? Let's scroll on down. <laughs> Coming ninth, the uh, two and five. Jeez, yeah, checkers. He's uh, spending a bit too much time at the Div Twelve Resies, <laughs> I think, at the moment. Kicking so, those videos goals. are absolutely gold. By the way, they are so good. Did you see his goal from the uh, that snap on the on the TikTok on Instagram? Oh, uh, I haven't seen that one, but. I saw some of his fantasy stats. I might have to bring him into my squad if that's possible. 120 <laughs> fantasy points on the weekend, apparently, for checkers. Enough hit outs there, I reckon, to get him through there. But uh, yeah, speaking of uh, keeper leagues and home leagues and stuff like that, I still haven't uh, beaten a top six side in our league, even though I'm sitting fourth. Um, I've lost to every top four side I've played so far, top six side I've played so far. Here's my hard luck story for the weekend, Dossie. So it's the last minute of the game, uh, the Crows versus Collingwood game, and I am down by five points. Okay, minute to go. Tom Mitchell kicks into the Ford 50. I think still side bottom takes the mark. So I've, I've got three points there, so I've got two points to go. All right, still side bottom misses the uh, – Tom Mitchell's in my team, obviously. Uh Still side bottom misses the, the goal, kicks a point. I have Jordan Dawson on my team. Jordan Dawson takes the kick out, three points, boom. I'm up by a point, siren goes, won the game. Uh, yep. Then I was I waited about half an hour and I was like, yep, surely if there's a stat correction, it's going to happen by now. Surely not. About half an hour, I posted a bit of a <laughs> post on the Twitter, you know, how's this matchup? This is the last final passage of the play. How good's fantasy? Rah, rah, rah. Um, wait till lockout and they've removed the tackle from me earlier on in the game and I've lost by uh, three points. <laughs> so, yeah. Mate, you know what as well? I was wondering what this was about. I got a message request. So on Twitter, obviously... Um, you get like message requests if you're not following someone or whatever. I yep. got this random message request from Blackson uh, <laughs> on, on Twitter. So this must be what this is about. He, he sent is. me he sent me a screenshot of what he calls the infamous deleted tweet to discuss on <laughs> the pod. So mate, you've taken it down. I can read it out. You say down by two in the keeper league when Cybottom takes the set shot. Dawson takes the kick in for a plus three, and I win by a point. Bad luck. And you've tagged him here. You say how good is AFL fantasy with your screenshot of your team? So mate. That's uh, that is a hard luck story, but you've gone out on a limb and you've uh, yeah you've copped it now. 
Oh, well, it wasn't really a victory lap. It was more It was more just how good's fantasy, you know what I mean? These are the magical things that happen and, you know, how good's watching the TV. Why didn't you keep the happened. tweet up then, mate? Because <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't true. Like, it didn't happen in the end. <laughs> well, I could have readjusted it, but it would have just been too hard to explain what happened after that dossier. Uh, anyways, it's not all bad. It's not all doom and gloom. I was a weekly winner in game day squad uh, this week. So, uh, most points in the capped league uh, by about 50-odd points as well. So, not too bad. They're my first win uh, in game day squad but speaking of uh this podcast is brought to you by game day squad uh create coach and compete in fantasy footy uh basically if you haven't played it before you open digital packs and uh, get cards to make your team instead of picking players from a player pool different cards have different multipliers which means they're more valuable than others and you get free packs each week just for logging in uh dossie i'm not going to bother asking you because i know you haven't uh you haven't made a team yet but you're going to get onto that right dos no, I made a team oh, good. last year. Yeah. I just forgot my login. That <laughs> so is when, classic, So <laughs> I, I went, yeah, that's classic me. I went to, um, I think it was after our live show, um, had a chat to some of the Game Day Squad guys and I got home and I was like, yeah, no, nah, I'll log in, I'll, I'll boot her up again. And yeah, I, I don't, uh, I couldn't remember the password because I remember unpacking a Darcy Parish, which I was incredibly excited about last year. I got a Luke Jackson. So yeah, I had a few few cheeky players in my squad last year. Darcy Parrish was one of my uh, masterstroke moves to uh, win me the comp this week. Brought him in on the Sunday, and uh, yeah, didn't score too badly for me. Also brought Noah Anderson in Beautiful. on Sunday too. Should have brought Fiorini in, but we'll talk about him later. Anyway, Ooh. create, coach, and compete in fantasy footy for free with Game Day Squad. It's fun. It's free. It's easy. Create. Coach, compete, play now for free at gamedaysquad.com.au. Anyway, enough plugging things. Let's get into the breakout tracking where we discuss the mo- most relevant names of the week. First one I want to talk about, Dossie, is Peter Laddams. He scored 130 points on the weekend. Uh, uh, Zanks last week on the podcast essentially said he was going to get dropped after his last week's performance. Um, didn't, pulls out a 130, had 34 hitouts and a goal. What do you reckon in terms of that ruck roll at Sydney? Is it his and has he got it long term? Look, I, I, I've, um, I think since last year and Kays and I and you discussed all these different ruck options at Hawthorne, I I've, I've, think I'm going to stop going out on a limb when it comes to these sort of in-between fringe versus, you know, who, who's going to be the next breakout star. Because, you know, we were talking over and over about whether it's Ned Reeves, whether it's Max Lynch, whether it's who, and then, you know, Meek comes into the picture. There's going to be like the next guy coming in all the time, I feel. Um, but Laddams does seem to be like a pretty good prospect. So, I mean, I'd be happy if I owned him in a keeper league. I don't think Hickey's going to be around for too much longer. There doesn't seem like there's much other competition. And when you're putting up scores like that and playing pretty well like he did in a close game, um, look, he's putting his hand up. Yeah, I think Lachlan McAndrew is the other one. but um, And he seems to be doing most of the racking at VFL level because Hickey's actually back playing. But uh, it'll be interesting to see. But I think given he's the probably most... You know, in the right prime target zone, you know, 25 years of age. I think he's the the, the number one for the time being anyway. Um, well, speaking of rucks, we'll skip ahead to one here. Ned Reeves I want to talk about. Now, you and uh, Kays were very firmly Max Lynch supporters last year. He's we gone. Were. He's finished. Um, then, well, uh, he, he unfortunately, <laughs> yeah, well, he unfortunately got concussion again, yeah. didn't he? Yeah, he's, I don't yeah. know. I think he's going to struggle. for him. Um, and then Lloyd Meek, Kays jumped on the Lloyd Meek bandwagon really hard. But it's clear, it's clear now that... Ned Reeves is the number one ruck for uh, Hawthorne, isn't it, Dossie? 108 points on the weekend. 
Um, yeah, I mean, it was, as an English owner in a classic, I was pretty bloody pissed off that he didn't go big against Ned Reeves. I was expecting I was expecting him to kill it around the ground. Um, did you catch this game? Bits all, and mate? pieces. I was on the way to actually a live podcast uh, in town, but I saw the first Ooh, half. Oh, wow. Yeah. Very special. Um, yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to know, I guess, uh, maybe our listeners or your listeners can chime in at some point on the socials. But yeah, it was interesting to um, see him kind of not score well. I thought English would just carve him up around the ground, but clearly Reeves held his own and yeah, tonning up. It's great signs for a young ruck because you probably won't expect Reeves to come good to later in his career, given he's in that kind of Sandlands mould where it takes the big, like the giant fellas quite a bit to, you know, get going. I think he is 25 this year. So he's probably getting into that age bracket where he should start performing. Interestingly, Reeves has actually been shutting down other Well, Hawthorne have been shutting down other Ruckman anyway when he plays against him. Well, don't quote me on that. I heard that in the draft, draft doctors today. But um, yeah, so apparently it's one to watch actually that Ned Reeves actually kind of kills the opposition Ruckman a little bit as well. Probably takes away a lot of hit outs given that he's so tall. Um, probably kills a few points there. But uh, yeah, Ned Reeves, um, if Lloyd Meek stays out of the side, then yeah, it's going to be all green lights for Ned Reeves. So pick him up if he's off your waiver wire. We'll talk about Will Power next. Uh, 127 points. I think you watched this game because you're watching a certain player that we'll talk about later very closely. But Will Power, tell me about his game. 127 points this week, 79 points last week. Is he breaking out? Yeah, look, um, I'm pretty annoyed at myself, to be honest, because I I picked him up. Um, I don't think I used a waiver pickup, but I, I knew Stewie Jude loves him. That's that's the first thing we need to know. You know, he came off that massive injury layoff, didn't even play a game in the VFL. He was straight back into the Gold Coast AFL side. So Stewie G loves him. Took him a little bit to get going. I think the first game he was a little slow. But the big thing is, Hef, is that Will Powers now got the reins down back. So they've moved Lockie Weller up to a wing and we're seeing Will Powell and um, surprisingly, which probably one of the big surprise packets of the season as well, as you would have been talking about many times, Darcy McPherson going ham down there. So it's now Will Powell. Yeah, but he's the number one distributor, I feel like. Kickouts, eight kickouts for him on the weekend, five in which he played on. He's need to, he needs to up that a little bit. But um, yeah, it's it's good signs if you're if you're looking at picking up power that they want the ball in his hands. Lacocious isn't down there stealing it in the moment. Um, the only other guy back there is McPherson because they've moved um yeah they've moved uh, Weller up onto the wing and starting to play more of that fantasy friendly game style um, uh, mm. Gold Coast star as well. So that's kind of handy as well. If you look at marks the on the weekend. Yeah, yeah, let's monitor that. Most marks uh, they've they think they've broken their marks records two weeks in a row or something like that. So yeah, lots of chipping around going on there. So look yeah. at uh, he will not score that much again like usually. I mean, Powell, Ballard, Atkins, Collins all had ten plus marks. So yeah. Uh, tip of the cap in that sense, but I do think Powell as a longer term play, I always kind of had a bit of faith that he'd be a 75, 80 plus kind of guy anyway. Just needs to remain injury free, I feel, and he could get going. Uh, Brody Kemp for Carlton had 107 points, uh, 13 marks, which was a game high. Um, I didn't watch the, I watched a bit of the replay on Sunday because I didn't want to sit through the whole thing here, but um, really early on, he was taking a lot of intercept marks. And what I liked about it, he just felt like he was just getting in the right spots to actually take those marks. I think, I can't remember who was on actually at the time. Maybe maybe it was Waterman for a bit. I can't remember. But um, yeah, just kind of get in the right spot to take some marts. The thing is, Carlton controlled the footy pretty easily. They chipped around a lot and they just kept the footy out of West Coast hands. So I'm not sure how much we can read into it given that uh, I know Saad was subbed out. I wasn't sure what was wrong with him, but Doherty's back. Um, I think even Chin Cotter went up to the wing for a little bit in this. Nick Newman was the one that went massive. That's right. Yeah. So. 
they got so many defenders back there that could score. So I'm not sure if, yeah, he's the, uh, all I'm saying is let's just maybe watch another week. What are your thoughts? Yeah, uh, probably. I think just a little story and, and Carlton fans might remember. I always remember just having a little bit of little bit of faith in Kemp um, since his early days. I reckon it was his rookie year. They showed some footage of him when he was injured because he, he had a significant injury early days. They showed him in the VFL and he was like, he was showing just this leadership. There was some footage that came out and he, he's just like, you know, leading guys and, and talking and, and explaining things on field. And this is when he was like 18. So I think he's kind of just got that, that, I don't know. I don't know. Something about him that I've always kind of been keen to look out for. But again, Hef, this this is a team Carlton insane matchup on the weekend <laughs> yeah, exactly. for them. Um, so yeah, let's just uh, let's not get too far ourselves. Horses. I wouldn't be spending a waiver on him. That's for sure. Uh, Kay Chandler had 106 points, uh, three goals. He plays that high half forward role, gets up the ground a little bit. But uh, yeah, when he kicks a few goals, he seems to score pretty well. Um, he surprised a few this year. A lot of classic owners. What are your thoughts long term on Kay Chandler? Uh, nah, long long term, I think he's a streamer. I, I don't see him. That Melbourne's just such a stacked team, man. Like, I mean, what would you think? I, I think he's kind of just maybe maybe a seventies guy, which you know is probably all right for either a yeah. streamer or, or right at the end of your your forward line. But um, yeah. yeah, probably nothing more than that, to be honest. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Naz Wanganin Millero won't spend too much time on him. I just want to mention that he scored one hundred and one points and is now too good for the podcast. So I love him. Two G. Yes, I love him so much. That was in low tog too. He had under seventy percent, I think. Yeah, boom. So yeah, and I think he was injured for a little bit as well, was he? I can't remember. Probably why the low tog. Yeah, that's probably. I think he went off for a little bit from memory. Um, Mm. Finn Callahan, ninety-eight points, uh, showing good signs uh, as an outside type. Um, It's his second season too, so he's developing pretty nicely. Not even hitting that uh, third year breakout mold, Dossie. But uh, Finn Callahan, surely I know he's a bit more of an outside player. Do you see him moving inside at all, or do you think he's scoring sustainable on the outside? Uh, I, I feel like we always say we we probably all think the same in terms of the scoring's not necessarily sustainable on the outside. It is a game a game to game proposition, but your floor's raised if you're a bloody good player, and that's what Callahan is. Um, it's good to see him score well because I'm an owner. I'm a proud owner of Callahan, and I missed this game, but when I opened my Keeper League uh, team this week, I was pleasantly surprised. I, I probably wouldn't be expecting that from him this early, especially in a tough matchup against Sydney. So, yeah. great signs, and uh, I hope he moves on the inside. But look, they've got they're too stacked in there at the moment. It's going to take another couple of years. You know, Perryman's now back in there full time as well. Yeah, no, I agree. Even though, like you know, like you said, he's a quality player, so he's definitely one to keep your eye on. Jason Horn, Francis had 98 points. He is an absolute contested beast, uh, getting it done against, I guess, the team that was on top of the ladder at the time. Um, that was unbelievable. Is this a turning game. point for him, do you think? Um, I still think it might be a bit up and down, but, I mean, you know, long term as a, as a keeper, you're, you're going to love this guy for years to come. I, I'm, I've never been in the camp that I don't think he's just a super coach player, and, and we saw that in this game. Like, you know, a guy like Dangerfield um, back in the day who I think rightly so, there was a few comparisons to him during this game, but he's yeah. a like 120 super coach guy, but he can kind of usually crack the ton, like back in his heyday, I mean. So, um, yeah, long term, great. Short term, I think it'll be up and down still. Yeah, I agree. It's um, yeah, it's just the kind of the matchups that he gets each week and stuff like that, and whether he, whether he gets off a chain or not, um, will be the telling factor. But having forward status this year, is oh just yeah, amazing. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, Hunter Clark, ninety points. He's not 
setting the world on fire, but he's doing enough to be too good for the podcast. I think he's gone 80 plus for a few weeks in a row now. Mate, I'll tell you what though. Um, so, I've got a friend that owns him in Classic and he pulled that score out of his ass in the last quarter. So, um, he actually was at, he was at a ridiculously low time on ground. That's his problem at the moment. Yeah. So, 62%. Um, for this game, but in the last quarter, he did all his scoring. So, what did he get? 90, you said? He got yeah, 47 in the last quarter. I was going to say, because I barely noticed him for the majority of the game until- He was yeah, barely on the field. Yeah, he had 50% before that quarter. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, but again, he's still scoring enough when he's on. So, maybe give him another week, but uh, he's getting very close. Chase Jones had 90 points, um, bounced back after, I think, a score in the 30s the week before. He's got a nice role, um, defender status, but playing on a wing, kicked two goals, got forward. Um, do you think he's going to be a roller coaster as well, or do you think he can probably get a bit more consistent in this role? Uh, I think it's a roller coaster, but, man, he loves Adelaide Oval. So, I'd, for now, I'd just say um, if you've got better options or, you know, it's probably more of a loophole if you can. I don't know what their schedule like when they're playing, but um, I'd loop him if you can. But when he's at Adelaide Oval, I reckon I'd comfortably field him. He seems to just love that oval. Like every time the last three I think he's played there, he's gone, you know, like 8,500, then 90. So he just loves the oval. I wish I had you on the show last week to tell me that because I traded him out in Classic for uh, Will Day though. <laughs> But I, yeah, made 10 points. Oh, that's all right. <laughs> yeah, I held him for that reason. I was just yeah. like, he just seems to love it. I don't know what it is. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's looking like a much better player this year regardless. Uh, it's it, Like you said, it's lucky we've got the defensive status. Next year, he might be um, a bit more troubling as that pure wing, pure mid. Yeah, correct. Uh, Tom Sparrow had 89 points, just used more in the midfield at this, at, in this game. I guess it's interesting that he's just not used more often. I I personally think he would probably be in, in starting midfield at most clubs if he wasn't at Melbourne, but he kind of has to play this kind of in-between midfield forward role. But he was used at more CBAs um, in this game. He had the second most CBAs for Melbourne, in fact, in this game. So, kind of just shows what he can do when he's given the right opportunity. What what do you think is going to happen with him? Is, do you reckon he's the type who could request a trade later on or is he too loyal to Melbourne? Is he going to stay in this role for time to come? Look, it's probably the it's probably the Jack Viney question comes up when when you know he's um, kind of ages out of that position. It's probably probably as simple as that. It's, yeah. it's a question like he'll probably just gradually get more and more mid time, and then Viney may decrease by next year or the year after. Yeah, like Viney's late twenties now, isn't he? So yeah, um, you know he's still playing really good footy, but when that sort of switch, I think they just want him to be ready to step up. So in games like this where it's a blowout, like you know you're probably going to be happy fielding Sparrow because they're going to be wanting to give him this these opportunities but in tighter games they're probably he's probably going to be real tough to field uh, next one I want to talk about is Oscar Baker he had 88 points and he's played every game so far which is quite good for him given he, again another player who couldn't get a uh, a job at, or get a you know get some job security at Melbourne um, being an outside type as well bringing in Lockie Hunter at Melbourne there's no chance he was playing there moved to Western Bulldogs getting a gig every week he's not scoring consistently but I'm willing to give him some time as he's developing I guess he's purely an outside type though which isn't going to be great for fantasy but I reckon he's a good bench option from time to time and could develop into a, a, a consistent kind of player. What are your thoughts? Uh, I'm personally not a fan um, just because I think he's already – how old is it? He, he'd be kind of mid-20s already, I think. He is. He is, but he just hasn't played much AFL. That's the thing. So. 24. 24, yeah. yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I prefer the other wing, as you'd know, uh, Bailey Williams there, mate. But, uh, <laughs> does but he no, get a run uh, on this show, Doc? I'm not sure. I think he does, surely. He should be, mate. I'm He's killing sure. it. But No, not for, not for me. But yeah, in those super deep leagues, you're right. He, he's been putting up some very nice scores for a loop anyway. But yeah, he's, just not, he's just not reliable. It's up and down. Yeah. Like every winger, really. Pretty much, yeah. They're uh, hard to come by, except for maybe Josh Dacos is getting it done at the moment. But Absolutely. He plays. He goes inside as well, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, what have we got next? Uh, Jake Saligo, 87 points. Um, he starts forward and then pushes into the midfield. And what I really like about him is he's been taken out of the... Well, I don't know. He had, a pretty, he, had a, he had a wing spot locked down last week, it seemed. Now he's kind of rolling between midfield and forward. It seems to be better for his fantasy game. Um and yeah, it's just good to see him score when he's just not getting like you know the the, the line share of the CBAs. He's just getting a you know a pinch here and there, but he's put up back to back good scores. I think you're a fan of Saligo, aren't you, Dos? Yep, yep, big fan. But surprised he got subbed out in yeah. this game. What was uh, the go very there? Surprising. I have no idea. I'm, I'm pretty I'm sure it was just precautionary. I'm pretty sure. Uh, it yeah. Like, oh it, no, I read. No, sorry, I do know. They wanted to bring more tactical. speed. They wanted to bring more yeah. speed in. Um, for when they brought that, yeah, Schoenberg in. Schoenberg. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, honestly, I thought it was an incredibly strange sub. You've got a guy that's got 24 touches, six marks, three tackles, and was one of your better players. Yeah. I um, I'd, I'd be interested in um, if Crows fans were a bit perplexed by that as well. But um, uh, you know, aside from fantasy, yeah, I think he's he's a good player, and for your fantasy teams, of course. You know my thoughts on Schoenberg, so um, yeah, I don't think it's yes. a wise <laughs> yep. choice to bring Schoenberg in at any time. Uh, probably who was the, who got Toby McLean didn't get uh, a run at all. Is that the first sub to not actually get brought on this season? Uh, I reckon it's happened a few times. Oh, I did it? see one the other week. There was another one where it was like a massive blowout where they didn't even bring yes, him on, but bother. I can't remember which game. Yeah. yeah. Well, I reckon it's workplace bullying for McLean. He's just not getting a gig. But <laughs> anyway, uh, we'll move on to Cozzy Pickett, 85 points. Now, this is a guy that had hugely high expectations after round one. And again, like this was a game that was an absolute blowout. So he got bulk CBAs in this game, but he had zero the week before. Are they experimenting with him? Are they trying to get him in there full time? What are your thoughts? Sorry, which one? Who was? Who'd you say? Cozzy Pickett. Oh, Cozzy. Yeah. So I'm. A, I'm an owner in Classic. Um, yeah. It's. It's very. It's a very strange ride that that's been because after how he played um, round one, I thought it was going to be kind of like what the Crows have done with Rankin and more so with Rochelle, where they're bringing that speed and that really that tackle pressure, which. I, I made the bold statement on the pod pod that I genuinely think Cozzy's one of, if not the best tackler in the league, and, and he's only able to get two to three a game due to his roll up forward. So I, I thought they were going to put him in there for that elite tackle pressure. Yeah, it just hasn't happened as much. But when he goes in there, he is more class over accumulation, but he still would be like an 80 plus every week in that role, I think, with, you know, sort of 30 to 40% center bounces. Yeah, he just needs to get it. And it just worries me that it was against a lesser opposition this week. And yeah, then, again, a blowout. Are yeah. they just trolling that? Is yeah. that real? I don't know. It's, it feels like yeah, they've just tried this for over a year now. Because I remember preseason last year, it was a similar type story arc, really. Like, he was getting lots of CBAs in the preseason. Everyone's going, Cozzy Pickett's going to play midfield this year. Come the round, it didn't actually happen. Come round one, it yeah. didn't actually happen. This year, it actually happened in round one. So, everyone's going, here we go. And then we just start to see it fade a bit more. So, just yeah, one you have knows? to monitor. 
could also just be like we, the things we don't hear management like he he's also a very young player what's he 21 um so you know they might just be exposing him over time as well um he also signed a contract. I was just going to mention that. Today, yeah. I think four years. So yep. the contract year talk, I was hoping he'd also, um, you know, come out blazing, but he signed that contract. So it's over. Yeah, maybe still on the bench now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, we'll move on to Ben Hobbs. Uh, 83 points. I didn't actually see this one. I think you're watching a bit of footy on Sunday, Dossie. Um, yep. Can you tell me about his game? What did he look like? Did I see much of this game? I'm trying to think. No, I actually, no, this was the game I didn't get to see, mate. So I'm, I apologize for that. One thing I will um, know that I guess he was in the midfield and Setterfield scoring just went to shit. So um, probably not the best thing, but that could be Stringer as well. We'll talk about Stringer a bit later, but Stringer yeah, was back Hob- in the midfield. Too. Yes. Hobbs only had the four center bounces, pretty low time on okay. ground yep. as well. But so that's good signs for him. I really like him as a prospect though. Yeah. Um, 80 points. And he's got a four stash. status this year as well. Definitely a stash for sure. Um, I, f- I feel like I'd mentioned this guy once every three weeks, but Mitch Hinge is just playing a pretty nice role on the halfback flank with Dawson going into the midfield. He scored 80 points. The next one I want to talk about is Jai Caldwell. 79 points. Doss, I'm starting to have my doubts on Jai Caldwell. He's a guy I've held. He's been in my team for five years now. I think this is the fifth year on my list and I've held on for him. He's got forward status now, which makes him a little bit more appealing. Is he ever going to amount to anything? He'll score 70 points, 79 points like he did this week, but he'll score 40 the next week. Deep midfield at Essendon. Does he have a chance? I have my doubts too. Yeah. <laughs> to be the simple question. Still only 22. Look, he, he could put it together and be a be a gun mid by his tw- when he's 24, 25, when, you know, I don't know, Shield might be out of the picture. Um, Stringer plays pure forward. Like, there is the opportunity in the next few years. So, you know, in your dynasty type setups and stuff, I still wouldn't be giving up faith. But at the same time, you have the guy like Hobbs who looks like a bona fide guy yeah. to go in there. You've got a guy like Perkins who, yes, can play forward, but, you know, they might put him in the midfield in the future. So there is quite a bit of competition and, and he's also been shown to be a guy that does jobs, you know, does yeah. a tagging role, Can do a lot of goes things, yeah. forward to tag as well. So it's not the greatest signs, to be honest, and I'd probably be on the lower side of, of you know, potential for him. Yeah, he's for me, for someone who's in the window and we need to keep 16, he's one I'm trying to look to trade out, but I don't think there's much interest out there at the moment either. I need him to pop a bit more maybe, but then I'll probably want to mm. keep him, so who knows. Uh, Trent <laughs> Rivers, 78 points. <laughs> That's the that's just the epitome of yeah it really is like, yeah it really is wait like, from the pop then you want to keep him yeah then you don't want to trade him um, yeah. sorry move on to Trent Rivers uh, seventy eight points uh, on the half bat flank only the one CBA this week so he's another one that we thought were moving in could just be that Melbourne rotation I don't think we need to speculate too much on it seventy eight off the half bat flank you're not going to complain in a keep league given his age profile and his potential he had that early as as well and they just didn't score for like the last 15 minutes yeah that sounds like Trent Rivers really yeah <laughs> uh, Miles Bergman um, 77 points he switched to halfback in recent weeks one of your favourites Dossie huge pipes yes. on him at the moment as well massive yeah <laughs> uh, what do you think I think the halfback role was way more fruitful for fantasy for him than I know wingers just seem to get lost these days do you think that sticks yeah. around or do you think he does go back to a midfield role what are your thoughts? I, I really hope he plays behind the ball because I reckon the first time I liked him when I, was when we went and watched, it was years ago when he was kind of early days, maybe even a rookie, um, and he played in the back line in that game that we saw live. And I was like, man, this guy looks really poised like behind the ball. 
Um, and yeah, they've tried to kind of mix it up. They even said he was potentially going inside, you know, as everyone does inside yeah. mid in the preseason at, at one point or another. But um, yeah, pure and simple, big fan of Bergman. Think he's a really smart player. And the player I'd probably think he's going to be more of that slow burn like a Redmond was. Yeah. Um, I think it might take a couple of years, but I feel like his fantasy game will come um, eventually, yeah, because he's just a, really smart. Like, I think that's a good comparison. Yeah, could be, could turn out to be, you know, a Redmond of the future. Have to wait and see. Xavier O'Halloran is the last one in this segment. I want to talk about. Uh, he had seventy-seven points. Looked to be a half back after that midfield bump last week, um, or on the wing at least. But I, look, I watched that wing rotation, and it was like Callahan, Angwin, Peatling, um, all going through there. But yeah, he got most of his touches on the half back line anyway. Um, yeah, just had one big quarter where he scored 49 points in the second. I think Kays was doom and gloom in the group chat saying, I should have kept O'Halloran. Um, but yeah, then only ended up with 79 in the end. So, well, sorry, 77 in the end. So, it wasn't that bad. Have you been watching much of him this season, Doss? Nah, and I've never been an O'Halloran kind of truther, to be honest. But um, I, I haven't actually seen, to be fair, probably GWS has been one of the teams I haven't seen a whole heap of yeah. um, this season. So I can't really say um, my thoughts on him. But low disposals, though, for that um, that score, kicked two goals to get there. So that makes me kind of think, eh, it's not. Yeah. And he kicked three goals last week as well when he put up his big score, too. So, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Anyway, uh, that's it for the breakout tracking. We'll move on to the rookies and the debutants. Um, so these are, I guess, just yeah, notable players that have played under you know only a few games. The first one is Alex Chincotta. He was playing his second game. He had 77 points. Um, he was in defense, but also kind of was part of that wing rotation as well. They Another team that does rotate their wings a bit. Um being a classic man, Chincotta was a bit of a was probably one of the most traded in players last week. What are your thoughts on him? Is he, does he have yeah, any so, value in keeper leagues? Well, he's, you know, I think as long as he's playing, he does, yeah. But we're going to have to see him in a matchup that's not just a domination because that's the two games he's played. Uh, sorry, the first game he played was against St. Kilda, wasn't it? Um, yeah, but everyone was out, so he probably had a bit more of a free reign. Like, there's things that exactly. point to each week. And, where, and the yeah. Saints, the easiest team to, you know, score against. And there was They went bonkers on the marks in that game as well. So, it was that and then the Eagles. So... Yeah, we need, we need to see him in a real matchup to figure it out. But what I've I've liked what I've seen, and yeah, like you might as well have a crack at him for now. He's a mature age player; he could easily keep going like this. But um, yeah, I feel like if if Carlton don't have a dominating game where they just possess the footy like crazy, if all these other guys are going one thirty and he's going seventy, when the other guys go on hundred, what's he going to go? I'd run a good form. I think we can kind of safely say this run's probably going to continue giving, uh, given their, uh, I guess, their game plan and their fantasy style being Carlton. Um, I saw that sub, uh, Saad got subbed out. I'm not sure if this affected him, but and, and Doc was back in the side as well, but apparently he was in the midfield. So what are your thoughts on Nick Newman? Yeah, I mean, too good for the podcast, just about. He's, he's what, averaging a ton for the season, yeah. going on a tear. Um, yeah, I think we just give him the respect in this new Carlton game plan at the moment. You've got to give him the respect of a bit of a 2G and maybe bring him back if uh, if things go all right. Yeah, I agree. Uh, we'll move on to the next one. Uh, Jake Stringer, 115 points. Um, I think he had the most CBAs for Essendon. Can we trust him again, Dossie? I believe we can, Hef. I made a big point about it on the pod pod this week. Uh, Buzz Dossier, he's he's. He's seen him early, <laughs> Hef. He's seen him early this year. And look, 
It was only two years ago where you actually had a very buzz maneuver in your own classic side and you brought in Stringer for a run that I'm going to, it's it's to be seen, to be believed. 136, 97, 112, 99, went on to get another three or four 80 plus scores in his final 11 games, I think it was in 2021. He was averaging 92 over a 11 or 12 game stretch there when he got the midfield minutes. So we can absolutely trust it. He's getting bulk center bounce minutes and uh, why not? He'd be probably my number uno trade, uh, what do you call it? Free agency request this week. Have a pickup of the week for Dossie, Jake Stringer. That's the one. That's the don't one. mind it. Uh, yeah, like I said, seen the role in the past. Um, but yeah, it probably killed Will Setterfield scoring, I think we've mentioned. But uh, yeah, given. Potentially, yeah, just being that sacrificial guy in the midfield when Parrish and Stringer are going and getting those clearances. But yeah, Stringer, 11 clearances, man. I reckon he's got to hold that role. Alright, the next player, Dossie, I don't know if I want to talk about him just because I know you'll probably go on for about half an hour about Braden Fiorini that is 112 points uh, what was his role and is it reliable now that say Took's out what, what's the go Stewie G tried his best to to hold the goat back the castration he was he was the goat but he, he couldn't do it 112 points playing with only just the three centre bounce attendances what I will say I, I believe those centre bounces were lower than than what we see on paper um, just because when he came on in that first half, he was often coming off the bench and there just wasn't much scoring. So that's the only time you're going to see those centre bounces. He was still around the stoppage quite a bit in the first half. Granted, more on that wing uh, in the second half and just being involved in the chain play. So there's some flags, but God, as a, as a keeper league owner, if you're a proud, proud owner of the GOAT, you'd be you'd be loving it. He's a, he's a fantasy stud when given a role, and at least on the wing, a little bit of inside role, that's enough for the GOAT to get it done. Yeah, it's just as long as he gets that job security, which is, we can't ever trust it really, but once he's in, the, when he's in the side, he can score, and yeah, hopefully over the next few weeks, he can put up a few more consistent scores and uh, yeah, help us out from a fantasy perspective. Uh, Matthew yep. Rao... He had 110 points. I don't. We don't really need to talk about him. I think we just. I've never made him officially too good for the podcast. I don't think. Well, not since his first season, anyway. So, um, yeah, official too good for the podcast. Matt Rao, uh, good to see you back, mate. James Wolf. Another sorry. Quickly, yeah. another son. I think keep Sam Flanders on your radar. If if he's on your um, waiver pool. If you're not comfortable spending a waiver, fair enough. But if you wait until free agency opens and pick him up, if he's available or if you've been stashing him, I think it's going to be that promised Sam Flanders season while Took Miller is out. Bailey Humphrey, look, he's a rookie. Unfortunately, had a shocker. He started in the midfield at the starting centre bounce in this game. They quickly had to change that in the second half, which is where we saw um, a bit more outside play for Fairy as well and Swallow went inside. But um, I think Flanders is going to be in there this week at the opening centre bounce potentially. So keep an eye on that and spend the waiver or pick him up off Fred. Yeah, big score on the twos there. So interesting to see if that translate to the AFL level. Um, James Warple is the next one, 103 points. It was good to see him do it with Will Day on the side. I guess that was the concern that when Will Day comes back in, well, that was the reason why he got a bump over the last two weeks. But it's really John Newcomb that's uh, the one that suffered given they probably play more similar roles. Uh, What's your thoughts on Warple going forward? Can we rely on it long-term or is this a bit of a, a purple pattern? 
My thoughts are so high. I think there's too many people competing for spots at Hawthorne and Sam Mitchell is going to be too unreliable going forward in the next couple of years as to what works and what doesn't. Um, I feel like the competition for touches is only going to grow and grow and grow as uh, as Ward develops, as McKenzie develops, as others come in that they draft next year as they as they finish low. So, um, at, as a Warpo owner um, in this purple patch, as you said, if he goes another hundred plus this week, wouldn't be surprised. But I'd be I'd be jumping off. I'd be selling high. I'd be cashing in. Yeah, it's not a bad play there, Dossie, because yeah, there's some good young kids they're going to develop, and they're just going to keep getting high end talent in over the next few years as well. So might push him back further. I feel like he's just there at a necessity at the moment. Probably the most senior body and a guy they need in there, but. He could be on the backward step. He's playing well, though. Let's give him his props. He's playing great. Like, he's playing good for And that said, he um, might be just, the type that gets traded, like knowing what Hawthorne do as well and continue his fantasy career somewhere yep. else. So, yeah, keep an eye on him. Uh, Yago Mira had 95 points, uh, 14 CBAs and two goals. Um, spending a lot more time – well, spending some time forward. He did spend some time forward last year at Hawthorne. Just probably not enough to get that forward status. That's the issue. Um I think we've established he's fieldable, but do you have high hopes or what What are your thoughts on Omira? Well, I just need the Dockers to lift because the whole team right now is stanking it up. Uh, they just need a lift as a team to be starting to score better. They were, you know, the top disposal team last year for us. And that and that converted to, to solid fantasy scoring for a lot of their midfielders. It's changed this year. Um, yeah, I, I'm not... He doesn't excite me that much, put it that way. Yeah, no, I'm the same, really. It's I thought he was going to be back in a big way this year, going to Fremantle, pretty much jumping into Monday's role, I thought. And, uh, yeah, just hasn't been. Uh, another player I just want to kind of, I guess, flag is Jarman Impey. Uh, he scored 90 points on the weekend. He's kind of revert, uh, revert, reverted back to, I think it was the 2024, maybe 2021. Can't remember what it was, but uh, had a, about an AB average season, I think, around that more point. And he's starting to do it again um, off that halfback line. Seems a bit more settled there. And the Hawthorne halfbacks, halfback line seems a bit more settled. So, yeah, um, he's one I think's been a pretty handy pickup late in drafts and might be a handy addition to your defense if you need someone from the waivers. Last one I've got here is Kadeen Coleman Dossie. He scored 60 points on the weekend. And the reason why is when we were at Gather Round a few weeks ago, you were saying that he's a player that you want to buy low on now because you think he's going to be back in a big way sometime soon. Are your thoughts still on that train or what's your thoughts on Kadeen Coleman? If that's what I said after a few sojus deep um, at the footy, I apologise. Yes, I do think he's going to be a great player long term. Maybe not in that short term, if that's what I said. So, um, Brisbane, just atrocious fantasy team right now. Um, a great team, but atrocious fantasy scoring. 15th in the league for fantasy points. Um, they're just turning into that Gold Coast Suns game plan of just not... You know, just not fantasy relevant, basically. So, unfortunately, it's affecting everyone involved. Uh, Kadean Coleman being one of them. But, yeah, I'd still buy low um, and just hope that that changes eventually. And with Daniel Rich moving out, I think, didn't he get um, injured this week as he well? Did. I mean, there could be more, yeah. um, more pill to be 
had for him back there. All right. Uh, before we get on to the next segment, just want to say thank you to some members. Um, if you're not a member, you can support this podcast by becoming a member. And if you do choose to sign up as a member, uh, we'll give back uh, our data analysis that's behind the paywall on our website. So that includes um, CBA trends, uh, kick-in numbers and analysis, state league fantasy scores, um, the breakout tracker, which is interesting to see how players uh, compare, or early career players compare to the best in the career at the same point, sorry, the best in the league at the same point in their careers. Um, But yeah, a lot of interesting stuff on there. Um, And each week we say thank you to some gold members. So Dossie, I'm going to give you the honour of uh, reading out the gold members this week. Thank you very much, Hef. I'm honoured to read out the names of Bill Fuller, Michael Kromoloff. Thank you very much for being a gold member. Wayne Rushton, Paul Summerton, James Easton, Daniel Santillo, Todd Coleman, potentially Keaton Coleman's uh, brother potentially. there, uh, Sam Arnott, uh, Jason Owen, and Matthew Connolly. I think Kadeen Coleman does Canole. have a Connolly. Connolly. I don't know how to say that one. It's got an E on the end. Blake Coleman. That's uh, Kadeen Coleman's brother. Maybe a, a third brother there. Mm. Anyway, uh, we'll move on to Mr. Consistent. Uh, guys who are probably never going to be too good for the podcast, but are handy to own. You're going to debate this one, I reckon, Dossie, but I got Zach Bailey there just given Brisbane's game plan. Scored 102 points in the weekend, um, scored two goals, had a bit of mid-time. It seemed like he jumped into Zorko's role once he got injured. Um, is he going to make it as a fantasy scorer, Doss? We're waiting a long time. He, he's the Diet Coke Toby Green. I actually love him as a player, uh, and I think it's just going to take a little bit of time. Get rid of this game plan. He, he could be a fantasy star, but yeah, I feel like he's always going to be too valuable forward to ever lose that forward status, which makes him a quality keeper player. Yeah, uh, Jerry's still out for me. Um, he needs to get into that midfield. I don't see how he gets in there for a while. They're not like a super old midfield. Bringing Dunkley and put him further back this year. Um, yeah, uh, Jerry's still out for mine. In the Mr. Consistent category for me now, though, because he does you know, put up reasonable scores most weeks for you. So, yeah. Game plan aside, I actually really like him as a keeper player, so I'd be buying low off you if that was the case, if that's how you feel about him. I wouldn't own him in the first place. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Bailey Williams, Dossie. Oh, and here's another one that's going to take half an hour. Uh, 93 points. um, Back-to-back big games against lesser opposition, and he's getting on the end of a few goals, and we know he likes to celebrate a few goals. He's got the defender status. Can people trust Bailey Williams, Doss? B-dubs. Of course you can trust B-dubs to deliver a fantastic score. Uh, look, no. He, I love Bailey Williams as much as the next, uh, well, actually much more than the next <laughs> man, but um, uh, he's had a couple of 90s in a row. You love to see it from a wingman. It's gonna, it's just a tough position to score at um, in on the wing. So, yes, I still love him um, to play him as a loop in your team with those, you know, deeper leagues. For sure, he, he's still a D5, D6 in those leagues. So, yes, get around Bailey Williams. Uh, we'll touch on the next guy, Aaron Norton. Um, won't need to chat about him too much. Just four goals, 88 points. He's just one of the better uh, key forwards out there who scores when he kicks a few goals. So, worth owning. Probably won't be too good for the podcast due to the roller coaster nature, but can put up a good score. Uh, Zach Fisher had 86 points. He splits his time between wing and half forward. I think he's a handy player to own just given he's got four status. Uh, gets on that wing, gets a few kicks here and there. You agree about Zach Fisher? Handed own? I really want to see them versing a 
versus a team that's not just going to be a blowout. The last two games have been pretty handy for their matchups. I want to see how these kind of like the third and fourth string guys down the down the pecking order on the midfield, up forward, whatever, how they score in a in a game that's not just dominated by Carlton. So yeah, looking for much like Chincotta as we discussed earlier. Yeah, interesting to note last week as well they played St Kilda, which is yeah, a very fantasy friendly matchup. So you might be onto something there, Dossie. Let's maybe wait and see a bit more. But I've owned him for for a few years. I don't own him this year, but he's always been handy to have. So just thought it'd fly. We'll find out real soon, mate. Friday night. That's it. Against <laughs> Carlton Brisbane. versus Brids- Brisbane. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, speaking of St Kilda players, um, we'll spend. You know, we talked about the Saints before. Uh, ben Patton. Uh, he's got eighty one points. I've just got him here because he usually gets you a sixty because he can push up to a wing and score okay there. Um, just depends on his role week to week. But a guy with a Kaiser's boys. Yeah, isn't I think it? it is, and he's just got a decent floor. You know, he won't get you much less than sixty each week. So as a bench option, that's pretty handy. Uh, Jeremy Finn. Lason, the last one in this segment, had 84 points. Uh, the role is just good for him, I think. With Lysett out anyway, he'll go forward, kick a few goals, goes in the ruck, gets a few hitouts, floats back, and uh, at the end of this game, he was kind of just sitting in holes in defence and taking marks. I think he's a player you just need to ride while, while Port play this ruck setup because Tickle needs support in there given how inexperienced he is. Uh, Jeremy Finlayson, how do you think he's going to go over the next month or so? Yeah, get around him um, so long as Lysett's not in the team. But also, like you mentioned, I think, um, or you might not have, but in that last quarter, 45 points sitting behind the ball. And that's just purely because he is he's able to play as that extra yeah. um, without a Lysett in the team. And, you know, Tickle can be there as well, but he's playing as that really strong contested mark behind the play as well. So, yeah, big, big fan, um, short term especially, but... Yeah, maybe a season-long keeper for the, at the moment. Yeah, well, he was last year. He ended up being uh, the ruck for Port. Yeah. But yeah. Yep. Anyway, we'll tip the cap to a few players. You might debate a few of these, Dossie, but these are guys that are just – well, guys who score well but just don't expect it all the time. This one's probably seems harsh, but Blake Hardwick I've got here, just given the roller coach, the coaster nature of him at the moment. 112 points. Um, he does this from time to time, depending on matchups, but I think the – Red flag is he's had three tons this year and only averages 78. So I find him to be super frustrating to to follow in fantasy. You have a bit of a different opinion though, don't you, Doss? I do. I, I disagree. This is more than a tip of the cap. He, he's a solid own. Look, he, he might have let you down with a with a 38, but who hasn't let us down with a 38 <laughs> this year or, you know, a, a pretty low score? When he's in the back line, he, he's one of the better distributors. He takes the kick-ins or at least takes a portion of the kick-ins. And they love to get him using the ball. He's in a bad side in the defensive role where he's used. So, I really like Blake Hardwick. Um, I'd be, I'd be loving him in my team right now, to be honest. Yeah, fair enough. I guess. Yeah, with defenders, I think they're probably a bit easy to come by this season. But yeah, right. He's not the worst player to have. I don't know. And he has a monster. Ce- That's like, he thing, has yeah. a ceiling. Yeah. Which. Maybe he should be in the Mr. Consistent category. Um, Rory Atkins, uh, 102 points. He had it on a string early. And, you know, if he plays like this every week, uh, he's going to be a fantasy monster. But I guess it's the job security. The the Gold Coast game plan does lend itself to him scoring well if he can continue. Do you think he holds a spot in the side going forward? I think that's the important question, Doss. I have no read on this. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I did. I've got no read on what's going on at the Suns at the moment. Suddenly, they're playing some fantasy-relevant footy. 
all of a sudden. So who knows what, what's going to continue? I really want to know if it is going to continue with this fantasy-friendly footy because, boy, oh, boy, it's been a long time since we've seen it, and it means good things for many players if you get my fair any drift. So um, hopefully Atkins can continue. I'd be... Would you give up a waiver for him? Unsure. Unsure. Um, I think if you're desperate for a defender, you would. But um, look, I, I spent one on Chase Jones the other week and then missed out on the goat in my own league. So yes, I should have been owning Fair anyway. I know, <laughs> I know, listeners um, should have been owning him the whole time. But uh, we have a very shallow bench, so I, I haven't been able to, unfortunately. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, we'll move on to Mitch. But no, I don't think I would. I don't think I fair would. Fair enough. We'll move on to Mitch Lewis. Um, again, this is probably. A bit unfair because he had 94 points as a young key forward, but I'm just tipping the cap for now as a key forward. I just want to see him back it up a few times with fantasy scores before I, I bump him up, but he probably should be in the breakout tracking uh, section. Thoughts on Mitch Lewis, Doss? A gun, but how often is it going to be able to get into their forward line? Yeah, it's question. going to take a while before it happens. A stash option for sure, but you're going to be waiting a long time, I think. Um, and the last one is Connor McKenna. Um, 88 points. Creates run and drive from halfback, just doesn't do it enough. Do you think there's a bump, though, with Rich out? Last time Rich was out, I think it was rounds three and four, we saw a huge bump to his kick-in numbers. Do you think Connor McKenna can do something special over the next few weeks while he's got that extra opportunity? Uh, without seeing their matchups, I mean, they have Carlton this week, Essendon... Uh, Suns, yeah. I mean, I'd still be uh, Crows. He's got a good. He's got a pretty good schedule coming up. So, I mean, um, yeah. With with Rich out, you've got to give it a dabble. And I mean, maybe we can point to him as well. Coming well, we can point to him coming into the team as well as a bit of why Coleman's been uh, struggling. <laughs> excuse me, struggling to hit those heights as well. Yeah, no, it's a it's one to definitely definitely look at. I think, um, given that he's always shown a bit of potential as a fantasy scorer, um, it's just that. Hasn't seemed to do it kind of often enough. Um, but yeah, good to see him back this year and playing some footy anyway. Yeah, good play. Uh, onto the Fossil Watch. Just a few veterans that I think you should look at if you're trying to contend. Um, won't discuss these at all. I'll just run through them. So Aaron Hall had 136 points. Um, he's back, but probably you can probably get him cheaper than I get is his scoring represents. The issue is the job security, but if you're gunning for a flag, he's the type of player you want to own because he has a monster ceiling just yeah, be prepared for him to miss a few games here and there. But again, if you're gunning for that flag, just hope he's playing around 24 because he should go pretty well. Uh, ben Cunnington had 97 points. It was just good to see him do something. Um, just keep an eye on him though because I expected a slow start from him. I know he came back last season, but it was a long way behind the eight ball, I think. Um, and yeah, just good to see him do something in a game where he had to kind of play some more contested footy against a very tough midfield. So Ben Cunnington, just good to see him do something. And uh, Jason Johannesson, 89 points. Um, he's back to the old role. He had a, he came off with a bit of a hand injury. I think he got his hand stepped on. So he missed a bit of time as well on the ground, but uh, still scored really well. Um, I think you mentioned on the pod pod last week or the week before, Dossie, that uh, he was a player that only became shit because he was tagged so hard in this role. And now he's back to playing it. So yeah, Jason Johannesson's one to keep your eye on. We'll Pick up yeah, definitely. Correct. He's there. They, had, they had to move him out of the halfback role because he was that dominant. Like, I'm talking like six years ago. Like, he won a norm. 
uh, Norm Smith and, and then got tagged in an inch of his life the next couple of years. So, they're just like, oh, Bevo's like, all right, let's get him out of here. He's just going to cop too much attention. Obviously, um, other teams have a bit of amnesia and uh, he's able to get off the chain a bit more now. So, jump back on. Yeah, and we've seen halfback flankers not being tagged as much this year as well. So, I don't think it's going to be happening again. Um, yeah, I think you can write it with some confidence. And given he's got forward status as well. Is JJ that old for fossil He's watch? 30. So, I could get anyone over 30 in the fossils. Oh, that's a bit rough on old Dossie. <laughs> Mate, you think it's rough. I'm no, 35. Up. I'm a true fossil. <laughs> uh, I'm beyond it. <laughs> but anyway, uh, that's it for the fossils. Uh, let's move on to some scoring bumps and some role changes and some situational type things. Tom Powell looked like he copped a pretty nasty knock. I'm not sure how long he's going to be out for. But do you think we could see Wardlaw this week or do you think there's a chance that Phillips comes in? What do you think? I actually read. Um, I actually read in the. Don't ask me why I'm looking these things up, but uh, in the North Melbourne had a Resi's fifteen v fifteen trial match this yep. week, and I read that our uh, Wardlaw apparently went off um, with a bit of an injured knee, okay. um, just a mild, just a mild like knock or something. Yep. But the fact he didn't get through that game, maybe he won't come in. Yep. Um, that's just the only flag. How long's LDA? Yeah, very flawed, you know. I don't know. I, I didn't see that. Yeah. yeah, I had him in my classic team, but I was just like, "See you later." Yeah, so it was only it was a heel. So who knows? Yeah. Like, we'll just check the injury report, which seems to be inaccurate anyway. Week to week, just monitor who comes in for power because they might not, not like he was scoring that well. But there's just a midfield role there that someone could jump into. Uh, Daniel Rich, um, I just think he's injured with a calf injury, so I just think McKenna um, was probably going to get a bump there. But we've already mentioned that one. Mark Pitnett had 91 points. Um, Really easy ruck matchup, but no to Koning at the moment. I noticed he was an emergency this week. So, um, yeah, played VFL. Yeah, I think it was just an easy and matchup. Didn't light the world on fire. Yeah. yeah, if he's number one ruck, like he could be handy. I'm in one of my leagues. I'm choosing between him and Ned Reeves. So that's how shallow I am for rucks. So. I'm still sitting top of the ladder, Dossie. That goes to prove rucks aren't important. Yeah, mate. Good on you, man. <laughs> Not important. Uh, and uh, Jake Stringer, um, I think it's more so just look at the effect on Setterfield. Uh, I think he's going to be the issue. But um, yeah, hopefully it's just a that was just a one week thing. But yeah, I'm not loving the look of it, given that pushes everyone down the pecking order that little bit. All right, last bit of the show. Let's get on to some listener questions. Um, first one comes from at Fred and Terry. Um, I've got Hall and I'm to trade him to Gresh and Will Powell. Should he do it? Both of them? Yeah, it looks like Oh, it. yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yep. If you're not contending, um, definitely do that, it. Well, Clark has also mentioned, he's like, well, if we're not winning the games with the veterans, let's go to the rookies. I think he, I've heard the pod pod guy said he's... Um, said that he mentioned Clarko mentioned that in a presser yeah, okay. so like you know you might just see Bergman come in and play just because they're trying to blood them and he might go out at some oh, point I can definitely see that happening um, yeah. So yeah I think those two are pretty good pretty good gets alright um, George de Guzman don't need to talk about this one too much but how real is Stringer with the CBA situation Doss Yep, big fan. Um, it's real. I didn't believe it the year that you did and, and you went for it in classic and, and it was like a season changer for you. So, look, if it's real, it's worth a punt, I think, at least a punt. Yeah, I think so too. Um, at Ranger J87, uh, chasing a semi-reliable D5 from the waivers, um, he's got the option of Kitty Coleman, Chin Cotter, or the Zote, Zach Guthrie. Who are you choosing out of those three, Doss? Oh, 
Yeah, Kitty Coleman, personally. Sorry, sorry, Zach Guthrie, the Zote. Uh, I'm a big believer, but yeah, it's got to be Coleman. I think just we've seen Coleman. Like, I know he's been shit, but we've seen him do something before. You might end up, ke- I don't know, you might end up keeping him if he gets it together. Like the other guys, the other two there, again, apologies to the Zote. I don't think you're going to be keeping them, whereas Kitty's still an incredibly young talent yeah. that, you know, could be their number one user within yeah. two years. Obviously, it depends on one how many more. keepers you have and stuff like that, but- I think yeah. we've seen Kitty yeah. Coleman do some special stuff before. Back him in to find his form again later on in the season, I think. Uh, Nathan yeah. John, uh, how do you rank the following guys for keeper? Saligo, Will Phillips, and Sparrow. What's How do you rank them in order? Uh, Saligo, Sparrow, Phillips. 100% agree. Read in my mind, Dossie. Um, no, I think that's an easy one. Uh, Phil Smeets, uh, who is the better Hollands, Elijah or Ollie? Well, uh, that's, that's too early to tell. It is really I mean, early. Ollie's- the fact that we've seen Ollie come yeah. straight in, whereas Elijah took uh, a while to come in. Elijah was a high Elijah. draft pick, I um, think. I'm going I'm to say Elijah still. I'm going to say, I'm, I'm going to say Ollie. We'll go different. All right, we'll check back in in uh, Five years eight time. years. Yeah. Or <laughs> <laughs> I like Ollie's tank, and I think players that can run all day have a good chance of winning the footy all day if they can get it together. So, um, yep. Ben Blake wants to know uh, what is Ollie Wines? What is with Ollie Wines? Uh, he is such a low time on ground player. Um, has had sixty five percent in his last two games. In those two games, he's had a total of four marks and three tackles. Is he a low time on ground winger now? I don't know if he's a winger, but it's not uncommon for him to be a low time on ground player. It's only in the recent years he's bumped it up. Is that right, Dos? You're the time on ground king. Um, yeah, well, I, I don't check um, the likes of wines and stuff, I'm afraid, mate. That's your specialty, Port Adelaide. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's it's been interesting. It's almost like they've put him... I feel like they're more so putting him in like the like a Will Brody type role, like... I guess of this year, even um, it seems like they're dropping his centre bounces. They're playing more Rosie, more Butters, more Horn Francis. Yeah. Um, and again, Boak came in in this game, which really hurt his usage, and also Willem Drew. So, um, w- sorry, Willem Drew lost lost yeah, CBAs in back. this one. But yeah, it's yeah. it's a weird one. I can't really explain it. Brownlow Millis a few years ago, I think maybe just this switching game plans really hurting his scoring, and we're seeing you know like how Tom Mitchell, for instance, has become much less of an accumulator. I think we're seeing that with Ollie Wines, but instead of having a base like Tom Mitchell did of 120 in the normal day, we're, we're seeing Ollie Wines who had that 100 just dropping back um, significantly. I will say he did have a pretty injury-interrupted preseason. from, I think that's what happened. So he was pretty late to get going. And I guess with all those kids, it's just hard for him. And then Port trying to move the ball a bit quicker this season. Um it doesn't really suit him either. So there's probably a mixture of factors there that just don't go his way. I think he's too good of a player to stay down for too long though, I think. Just give him some time. I think he needs to kind of just build up fitness a bit. He's probably started a bit behind the eight ball this season. Anyway, last question comes from Michael Bellardi. Uh, Is Ben Keyes back to the podcast? Dossie. Yeah, sure. Do we bring him back? Stuff it. (laughs) Keyes isn't on this one. I can just be like, yeah, sorry, Keyes. Yep. (laughs) Uh, Benny Keys. Um, look, he played. He would have been like almost full time mid this week, trying to tag. Yeah, uh, just following him Nick around. Yeah. Cost, I would have thought. Yep. Um, 
Yeah, surely he's back. That the unfortunately for Keys, like you know, he had his he had his glory year. Now he's back to being a role player. He's playing a great role. Um, he's he's still really playing a, an important role for the yep. Crows, but it's not a fantasy friendly role. So all the guys like we mentioned. Saligo, guys that are 2G for P now, like Rochelle, um, Rankin, all these guys are stepping into those midfield roles. And uh, Keys is either getting pushed out or when he does play in the midfield, he's tagging or not fantasy friendly. Yep, I do agree, Dos. Um, you know, there was some potential there given he got forward status and all that sort of stuff, that, but without a midfield role, um, he's just not going to score for Mate, a you'll, you'll be able to look. Kays will be happy. He gets to talk about him again. <laughs> Back on the podcast. I've got Kays on in a few weeks, I think. So, yeah, we can talk about Ben Kays then. We'll save it for that. Anyways, that's <laughs> yeah. a wrap. Dossie, where can our listeners find you? What What do you do? Tell us about it. Oh, catch the pod pod for all your AFL fantasy classic. Oh. Dossie's having a coffee. Excuse <laughs> me. Um, yeah, I think I've literally got COVID. So, yeah, we um, probably should mention we're doing this in ISO tonight, uh, just in case you've we're got doing, COVID. Yeah. 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 I definitely have it. I, I can. I, we can wrap that up. Um, apologies if you've heard coughing in the background, um, struggling at the moment. But yes, at PodPod AFL on Twitter, um, just all the stuff on the PodPod. Uh, check us out, Apple, Spotify, etc. If you don't. All right, and you can get around our stuff on the socials at Keeper League Pod uh, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok. Uh, and make sure you get around Game Day Squad. Support the sponsors, play the game. It's good fun. And uh, yeah, if you want to sign up as a member, there's a link in the description below for you to do so. Anyways, thank you very much for coming on the show tonight, Dos. Uh, hopefully, it won't be uh, so long between episodes in the future. But uh, yeah, thanks for coming. Correct. No worries, man. Hopefully, I can come back in the studio one, one day. day. Hopefully. Anyways. One day soon. See ya. See ya.